Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Hey, what's up, After Buzzers and Talking TED Talks Teddy fans? We are breaking down another fascinating topic. And we're dissecting the questions such as, why does good sex fade away? This is relationship and love expert Esther Perel on the topic, the secret to desire in long-term relationships. Let's talk about it. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hello, Teddies, Talking Ted Talk fans. Welcome back to another show on Talking Ted Talks where we choose a TED Talk of the week. And my name is Yasmin Tanres, and you may know me on some of the shows from Afterbuzz, such as Maniac, Sex, Sex Education, which is totally relevant to today, um, and news anchoring on Long Beach Local News. And as said, we always like to dissect a talk because it talks to us. And usually I have my co-host, Jesse, who sadly couldn't join us today. Um, but we do have an exciting studio uh, guest in studio. Excuse me, I'm like all over the place, like feeling it. Um, and we're going to be breaking down the secret to desire in long-term relationships, a talk that Esther Perel gave, and it was really exploring the nature of erotic desire and the dilemmas of demands that come with modern love, because love has really evolved over the centuries, although the innate nature is still there, um, but the way that we interact with each other and um, look after each other is very different. And so she raises questions such as, can we want what we already have? So when you're already in a committed relationship, how much do you still desire them? Can you still desire them? And why is the forbidden so erotic? Why does sex make babies and babies spell erotic disaster within couples? So that's like, that's a very funny notion right there. And so we want to um, touch on Esther Perel. She is a Belgian psychotherapist in New York, a sex and relationship experts. Having studied the nature of cultural and religious identity, how we negotiate tradition and modernity, individualism and collectivism. So she's also explored the need for securities, which comes in hand with love, belonging and closeness, and the need of freedom, which is kind of something that can be related to erotic desire, adventure, and distance within human relationships. She also has had two best-selling books, Mating and Captivity, Reconciling the Erotic and the Domestic, The State of Affairs, Rethinking Infidelity, which is another TED Talk that she is also given on. She also hosts a very interesting podcast called Where Should We Begin?, which actually brings the listeners into, let's say, her uh, therapeutic space 
even though they're just tuning in by listening, but it's listening to anonymous couples really talking about infidelity, sexlessness and griefs, some of the things that they go through in long-term relationships. So without further ado, we are going to introduce our guest in the studio, Chandrash Badwash. Welcome. Thank you. My (laughs) pleasure to be here. So you are a modern age spiritual advisor and speaker. You come from actually an Indian lineage of gurus and also tantric focused seventh generation that you are based over here in Los Angeles, which is far removed from India, a very different world. And so you have, you, you do meditations, you have retreats, you do workshops and you're um, an author of Break the Norms, Mm -hmm. which a foreword had been written by the Dalai Lama and it had been endorsed by Deepak Chopra. So some of you may question, why is a spiritual advisor correlating to this subject about desires and long-term relationships? But you would be surprised (laughs) because as you were mentioning, we were having a little chat just beforehand that a lot of people were not just coming to you for spiritual advice, but in the end, somehow about relationships. Huge. And I never knew this is going to be my role, but I think spirituality and relationships are so strongly connected. And if you read the authentic tantra, uh, sex and spirituality, they are very strongly connected. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, sex is considered the first step toward higher consciousness. The first, not the only step. That's how most people look at tantra. There are 99 more steps, which involve awareness, breathing, just you know, understanding of emotions. But yeah, I think I've I've been assigned this interesting role of relationship advisor by people, by universe, and I'm embracing it now. I love that how you said by the universe that I, you're embracing. I truly feel that. <laughs> what yeah. people are coming to you to, about. And so we like to always start off with a education. <laughs> Usually it's Jesse and I who will pick a big takeaway. And mm-hmm. um, I want to take get a takeaway from you. And before, I'm just going to say that I felt, you know, about the overall talk, uh, it was very insightful with regards to, you know, how the shift of marriage has, has the view of it has changed. Mm -hmm, And then mm -hmm. the way that we also view partnerships. And so for me, it was like, within the erotic space, how she said responsibilities and desires but heads, which mm-hmm. is true because, you know, when you do put, you know, let's say with babies, you got your responsibilities or mm-hmm. with your jobs, you got your responsibilities. And that can really take away that feeling and emotions of desires. And I know there's um, within when you are trying to get within a spiritual realm, you build like a mandala almost right. as if to see like, OK, this <clears throat> is my career. This is um, my love and relationship status. This is my friendship status versus this is how spiritual I am. Right. And then you can see which one you are more balanced with. Um, but it's just hard, you know. I mean, how do you ensure room for desire when you do have all these responsibilities? Right. I think, honestly, it takes you know, dedicated discipline, a desire, first of all, to cultivate that momentum, to, you know, keep running that momentum. It takes uh, dedication, discipline, and also a conscious desire to keep the relationship alive. When I come across people who have lost that spice or fire in the relationship, somewhere they have also lost uh, a sort of willpower to put any fire in the connection. Mm. Uh, Life takes over. Sometimes it's the kids. 
Sometimes it's just the timing of life. Like I wrote a few days ago on my on my Instagram that meditation, sex, and avocados they <laughs> all all are connected with the right timing. When you miss the timing, it 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 just goes in a different direction. Avocados too, yeah. Absolutely, it's all about know, timing. We live in LA. Avocados got to be in, in this you know, <laughs> uh, uh, equation. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So, what was your biggest takeaway from this TED talk? You know, one of the most, uh, there were a lot of takeaways, but one thing that I really loved, she mentioned, was uh, the mention of freedom, that give freedom to your partner and have freedom and don't be insecure in that. A lot of people, I think, feel insecurity. They're afraid. There's self-doubt. There's uh, comparison, jealousy, possessiveness happening. And we try to possess our partner. But when you start giving a certain freedom, freedom of expression, freedom of emotion to your partner, you also automatically give that freedom to yourself also. Mm -hmm. So when two people have complete freedom, there's a a power that shows up. There's a strength that starts to cultivate. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm a big believer of giving freedom uh, in any relationship, but in especially romantic relationships, I think freedom plays a huge role. And you could come across the most educated person out there and still they'll have a, you know, they'll have a little uh, doubt about giving freedom to their partner. The jealousy, the possessiveness, the ego, it's so strong. It won't let you give that freedom. Yes. I think we all kind of forget that we're all individuals <laughs> in the end of the day. And yeah. I mean, it's funny because you do realize as well, the way that you communicate with your friends is different to mm-hmm. your love interest or your partner. And um, you it's almost as if you sometimes you tend to assign more like pressure to that Mm -hmm. because you're like well this has got to work like we are together like this is the way you should be and 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 i question almost then heading into this direction of thought as to why we think that way or why we treat uh, each other that way when we are in a partnership or developing one I feel most people are just squeezing happiness or trying to squeeze happiness out of each other and calling it love. And most people are just attached and not in love, but they think it is love. Her talk made me meditate on what exactly love is in 2019. You know, is it, has it become about uh, casual sex? Has it become about relationships that, you know, change every week? Has it become about uh, a certain equation that's filled with fear possessiveness Mm -hmm. and insecurity all the time i mean this is a social media age Uh, and i saw one of her talks i didn't listen to it it was on the youtube where she mentioned uh uh, deleting the app is a new commitment in in the relationship which app i think she's talking about tinder or dating dating apps oh 100 i just did that (laughs) i was like step one delete (laughs) right yeah let it happen. Exactly. Let it flow. Just be in the moment. Yeah, Don't search. I, I, yeah. These are very interesting times, right? Relationships are defined in a very new lens. And I'm glad it's happening. Mm-hmm. We are not stuck in 1995 or or the old ways of, you know, defining the commitment. Uh, but we need to embrace the freedom within. Mm-hmm. I find that to be a very important instrument in, mm-hmm. in a healthy relationship. For sure. I mean, I love how you just also touched upon what was love 
looking like or what is it like for you in 2019 because that's yeah. something that I don't think people often reflect upon especially assigning a year to it <laughs> and she mentioned as well if there's um you know about having you having sex for let's say intimacy or mm-hmm. to to befree yourself or for naughtiness and things like that mm-hmm. and it's like you know what what are you going in for when you are in an intimate relationship um and doing sort of act passionate acts i think yeah intentional sex is is so important it has to be intentional uh i find it i find making love to be a very funny word we cannot make love we have to allow ma- love to make us like love makes us when you simply surrender when you simply are into that space love takes over and we got to let that happen so many people when they are in that physical intimate act there's old narratives happening in their head am i going to, am i looking good am i performing good it should not be performance mm-hmm. it should be simply almost a, a meditative act and that can only happen when you leave the mind behind mm-hmm. then no mind zone no old narrative you could have had very abusive or painful or funny experiences in the past with your partners but this is not that partner this partner deserves complete undivided attention and you deserve to be free from the old narratives mm-hmm. and i feel intentional sex is very important so it should not be i'm not a big fan of you know setting a date a schedule to it but allow it to happen yes don't complicate it when it happens it happens if it doesn't happen it doesn't happen but you got to just release it like yes. relax relax don't force it. it don't be sad about it nothing yeah. just you don't don't even assign any value to it really yeah <laughs> and i think that's one of the reasons why we selected this because i mean for me from what i've witnessed and this is something that you've just touched upon is the old narratives within our minds like do i look good but it's also something stemming from education something that i've learned from the show of sex education as well as yeah. being in london i did a news report on uh, sex and relationship education uh, really? within schools that these are things we learn the nuts and bolts the biological factor of like how our bodies Body change yeah. over time and response and things but we don't really learn as to the mental flow the emotional flow how do we yeah. look after each other how do we communicate how do we connect exactly. that's the, that's life skills that we do not really learn at school it's just things yeah. that we have to learn as we live as so we life explore. teaches you and s- sometimes we are open to it and sometimes we are not open to learning yes <laughs> yes um so we want to get into our we've done a twitter poll and oh, the wow. first question was does good intimacy guarantee good sex 58% said yes versus 42% said no what are your thoughts on that because she raised this statement which i will say after we've discussed about mm. what you think i feel um if there is sex without intimacy um for some people it could be good sex that but that's not how i define sex i define sex as sacred exchange of energy so for someone like me who is who's looking at sex through the lens of that sacred exchange the intimacy or what i would call simply getting to be familiar with each other through silence through laughter through crying through vulnerability through a very gentle and mindful exchange of thoughts and when anything that happens after that 
it becomes good it becomes fulfilling it could be sex could be conversation could be a walk on the beach anything that happens after that vulnerable exchange it works out to be good and i see the the poll results are interesting because for some people it's it doesn't matter if you are intimate if you even know each other mm-hmm. uh, for them it's it's a performance it's an act mm-hmm. a man could be you know one of the partner could be coming from a different lens of just you know a lot of people look at sex as a uh, as a sneeze they just need to release it oh so, oh i know <laughs> so but that it, comes at the spur of the moment <laughs> yeah and it could be clearly that they don't need to be intimate they don't need to exchange any vulnerability for them it's a release you know it, they just needed to release this and intimacy or no intimacy you know both of them for, were hungry and when you're hungry you don't really look for organic kale or or the best salad out there you'll just you know grab whatever is there So I feel the other crowd the I don't know 42% for, 42% said no. So you know they they must be really hungry and they they don't care about intimacy. They don't care about uh, how much they know each other or what's the the outcome of this exchange. For them it could be just, you know, a good performance they needed to release it and it happened in a in a, in a good way for them. I mean, I question I guess because There's so many different factors here with does good intimacy guarantee good sex? First of all, what's good sex? You know, exactly. that can be by definition very different yeah. for different people and, and that could be assigning value of good sex being like all oh, the that how the long. results happened or yeah. how long and la 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 and I think for the people that said no um if it, that it doesn't because that's Esther she says intimacy good intimacy doesn't guarantee good sex um and i think I, i wonder if that's like just you know the results of it so if they even if there was good intimacy that might have not been the results and so that's why they're thinking okay exactly. no also i feel you know what's good good intimacy let's say two people are coming from a very traumatic or bad relationship for them a good intimacy was just sitting in silence and watching sunset or listening to a song together and that was a great intimacy for them but they they may not be ready mm-hmm. to engage sexually mm-hmm. so the sex could not have been you know all the great fires firecrackers or whatever but they had a good intimacy mm-hmm. the key is like how i see it the key is to build that that exchange build that energy i always say touch her without touching her You know, you got to touch the soul. You must follow Chandrash at CB <laughs> Meditates. He has some of the most amazing poetry, and that's one of them that I, I know them. I've seen. <laughs> I'm, I'm big advocate for that. Yes, yeah. well, I definitely, um, you know, I, it, it's an interesting point about intimacy also, as well. It means different, right? Is different for different people, and I essentially that comes down to the foundation of the relationship again like how well do you know each other how well are you listening to each other mm-hmm. in order to create that safe space and that space of intimacy in order to then have the results of whatever you think is good sex or bad sex right. um so i want to get into the um topic talk so the secret to desire in a long-term relationship because i mean it's interesting how relationships long-term relationships and marriage have developed from the beginning of time it was more about a an economic consensus absolutely yeah and that has been for centuries and it's actually more like it's not let's say it's been a century or so that it's been more focusing on love but that comes in hand and this is something funny that Esther says is that we expect of this marital status which also goes in hand with economic institutions sometimes but we expect from them as well to be 
our best friend, our partner, our passionate lover, uh, give me belonging, transcendence, comfort, oh, yeah. edge. There's an endless list. And along with that, let's just play with some toys and lingerie to save us from that, right? <laughs> and yeah. so how do you feel about this shift in the committed <clears throat> relationship and all the complications and implications that today that seems to have? You know, I'm I'm working with a couple right now. And um, I literally told uh, the husband last last week, you know, he was expecting a lot from, from you know, his partner. And I said, she is not your therapist. She's not your guru. She's not, uh, you know, your, the muse that you want her to be. Right now, she's struggling to be just your wife. Allow her to be your partner. And when that role plays out, then you both could be friend. Then you both could be muse for each other. Then you both could relate to each other in a new way. But it's it's tragic that partners expect 50 different roles from one person. And that one person cannot fulfill that role. And that's why a lot of women, whoever is the dominating person in the relationship. There's always one. <laughs> right? They they win, but the battle gets so ugly by the end of it, right? Mm. The person who loses the race or loses this whole contest, they feel abused. They feel um, almost you know, ignored, violated of their own rights. So they tend to have... a a very uh, deep trauma about relationships, about intimacy, because they feel this is probably what my role is, to just keep playing different roles to my you know, family, my husband, my kids. And it also brings me another point that I often mention and which comes from the Tantra lineage. So Tantra says, drop the word relationship. Instead, bring relating. So you relate to each other in a new way every day. Yeah. And honestly, Yasmin, this 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 is pretty powerful stuff that I've tested in the last at least eight, nine years. And I tell people, before you start this with a partner, start with yourself. How do you relate with yourself today? When you wake up tomorrow morning, set this intention that today I'm going to relate with myself as a creative being. Tomorrow it could be a seeker. Third day it could be a friend. Fourth day it could be a daughter. I mean... Every day there's a new light, new hope, new courage. And when you know how to relate to yourself, then you shift that to your partner. Relate to your partner in a new way. And I think this complication of expecting so much, it starts to get resolved in a way. Mm -hmm. When both of both the people are making a certain mindful effort of relating to each other because it brings respect also mm -hmm. to each other. Does it make sense? Yes, I mean, completely. I just wonder then, because this is something that she had also mentioned, of when you try and relate, because it's a very selfless act. It you is. Know, by relating with somebody, you're basically putting yourself into somebody's shoes. She mentions at one point, though, how if you are taking on that somebody... It's like you're nearly in that somebody's shoes. And how do you get out of it? How do you remove mm -hmm. yourself out of it? It's by not being the one that gives them too much because that mm -hmm. other person isn't as selfless or conscious enough right. to that, relate. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I think that's why it has to start with you. If I have enough self-respect, if my self-worthiness is really strong, then I will know when I'm not being valued, when I'm when the partner is not putting the equal effort. And that's when I can remind them that you're not, this is partnership. You've got to put the equal capital. And if you're not putting, this is not bringing worthiness to my existence. Mm -hmm. So, and I think anyone would respect, you know, 
a self-esteemed person is always respected mm-hmm. in the relationship you got to make that clear that i have i'm not lack i don't have a lack of self-esteem i clearly know my worth i think that changes a lot yes when you know yourself and you know like your know worth yourself. yes like there's nobody else like you you know yeah and so she mentions then love is to have but desire yeah. is to want how do you feel about that because i'm a little bit hesitant about it just cuz i feel like if you have something if you feel like you have something it's almost as if you feel like you own it and there's a nice mean. saying that i have heard from one of my great mentors who said you cannot lose what you never had and i you know it's like that's why that sentence struck me because I don't want to feel like I own love, you know. Yeah. Love should just be. Exactly. Absolutely. And I know we know each other so we, I know this is what your uh you know uh, thinking is about love and I'm on the same page. I feel when people like Esther Perel are speaking they're speaking to a certain audience. When I'm talking, I know I'm talking to a spiritual audience who want to evolve. Her audience is something who who wants, who wants to own a relationship who wants to own their sexual power so i i sometimes get why she would say something uh like this but i feel love is sharing and desire is being conscious that's what i would say to it mm-hmm. i feel there's two desires impulsive and conscious desires mm-hmm. impulsive desires lead you on a quest of wanting everything which is not the healthiest way to well, have this. She makes this difference as well between neediness and wanting. I wanting being more healthy than needing because needing yeah. is like who wants anybody who's, you you've never really been attracted to somebody who needs you. He's like I need you baby. I need you to be here right now. Like no, no one likes that. Nobody likes yeah. that, right? But it's like wanting has a different effect. Like if I say I need you versus I want you, that has a very different feeling right. and effect. Yeah, I feel personally speaking I feel if someone says I need you or or uh, in that neediness neediness way that's a turn off. If someone says I want you that also feels someone wants to tame me. So that's also a turn off. Ah, <laughs> tame you. Yeah, so that's also no no. But if someone says I I want to share this energy with you. I want to have this conscious exchange with you. But again this is coming from a spiritual teacher you know so yes. i'm going to have a very different perspective perspective on, that. on this yes. and i feel her audience is not the meditative audience you know it's a different kind of audience who's struggling with relationships i mean they should be meditative that would be really really powerful i yes. think yes i mean because you've been mentioning a little bit about tantra and and yeah. that kind of goes you know i feel like couples might kind of turn into that direction of wanting to explore if they want to spice things up but right. ultimately you know tantra does go in hand with meditation it's not what people think it is and so that's you know something that you're trying to demystify what that tantra is i've been trying that yeah. <laughs> so we're actually going to get into that pretty soon with our special mm-hmm. segment we've called it the tantra <laughs> and you know, i feel if if there's a autobiography i would write <laughs> is that half break no <laughs> like... is it half break for tantra now <laughs> uh, Tadantra. Tadantra. <laughs> Unintended. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> hey, that's Steph, our queen. She know, knows right? what's up. <laughs> She absolutely knows. She's feeling it. Right. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, I mean, 
Sorry. So I, I was saying, if there's an autobiography I would write on myself, I would call it I tried. That's all. I tried to demystify tantra. I tried to channel sex into spirituality. You know, I can only try. Let's see what happens out of it. Well, I'm, I, from what I see on your following and the responses, people it's, seem yeah, to it's cooking really up, appreciate I think. Yeah. it. Yeah, it's boiling up. It's, it's boiling warming up. up. It's warming up. Yeah. Um, she mentions about... Um, I like this quote, and it was a little bit difficult for me to decipher. Mystery is not about looking for new places, but looking through new oh. eyes. I'm big advocate of this uh, in a slightly, you know, different way. So I tell this to all the people I work with, that when you are with a new partner, when you talk to them, when you touch them, when you hug them, when you kiss them, you've got to have a new energy in it. Do not bring the old narratives of the old relationship into it. And this is a problem that's that's very consistent in many couples. Especially, I think, if you have been into pretty messed up relationships in the past. And when you are engaging with someone new, the old story shows up. So I feel the spice, the passion, uh, the love is is in the, a new touch. And that new touch comes from a new story, a new energy. Like I want to say. <laughs> right. Let, let me get Not a new, new hand ha- from, from the doctor. Hey, yeah, <laughs> I, hand me a new hand so I, I can feel told, that new touch. I phrased it once to someone uh, that, you know, you got to touch her with a new hand. He's like, what's wrong with these <laughs> hands? I said, okay, so let me rephrase it. It's new energy in the old hands, you know. Uh-huh. New thoughts. New thoughts, new respect for that person. I think the reverence is so important. I'm a big advocate of this word, reverence, like respect for your partner. Mm -hmm. everywhere not just in the bedroom but everywhere you are with her or him show reverence for their existence she mentions of there being a crisis in desire which ultimately means a crisis in imagination and i think that's something that you can talk about big because you know tapping into your awareness and your higher consciousness you know what is that blockage that some people may experience as to why there is such a crisis in desire and ultimately imagination as well and what does that even mean i paused the video when i I was driving and you know listening to this video and when she said crisis in desire is a crisis in imagination i paused and i repeated this to myself that crisis in desire is a crisis in meditation also if you're not meditative that would mean you are either in the past or in the future, because you are living and loving through the mind. And mind doesn't exist in the present moment. And when you're not in the present moment with someone, the past takes over. The fear, projections, the doubts of the future takes over. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, imagination gets heard. But it's all a collective consciousness that you've got to build with your partner. It involves imagination, awareness, affection, intention, meditation, It's a combination of so many things. If there's no right awareness, the imagination will not go anywhere. You can imagine, but if there's no right awareness, if there's no meditative energy in it, which basically means being here in this exact moment Mm -hmm. and not being somewhere else. Not. I was speaking to someone last night who's got this great partner, uh, but she keeps bringing a very interesting narrative, which doesn't exist. She's bringing future fears. What if he does this? What if he again speaks to, you know, his ex-girlfriend? What if he again... And I asked her, has he spoken to her or has he done anything? She said, no, I. it's just my mind. Preempting. It's, it's, exactly. Yes. 
and it happens to so many of us right in a different twisting ways our mind creates stories so i feel crisis and desire is a crisis in meditation mm. and i encourage every couple you got to meditate together i think that's beautiful i mean it's true meditation can be so hard for many people though like given but it does amplify that creativity and of course in that sense your imagination as well mm-hmm. i mean there are many forms of meditation i suppose and you know whether that is you focusing on your breath Mm-hmm. you know very being very very present or whether that is you trying to manifest something and i t- i teach yoga as well so i i teach my students to then nice. always assign a color to a word an intention that they have nice. for the day or for their practice that's beautiful and that is then to amplify that cre- the creative mind right. you know and i think that's essentially the same thing with desire you know the, the acts that you give to your partner and things like that it's right. you know how are you going to develop it by in order by really creating it in mm-hmm. a sense within your mind and your being in yourself and feeling it mm-hmm. i would encourage those who are listening to to have this collective intention with your partner that collective intention could be cultivating conscious desires together every day in every way possible That's a really great point because then it's yeah. like opening up that dialogue between the couple. Exactly. Of then seeing, you know, where are you at? Like what is your intention? How are you feeling? Exactly. And then opening up, you know. And I think that's what's really important within a relationship. That's one of the most important things. Communication is key and tra- transparency without feeling judged and guilt. It's huge. You know, one of the biggest lessons in relationships I learned from a professor in my, you know, school in New York in business school. He's he was a very interesting guy. He never ever told us to open the books he would walk in it was a saturday morning class from 9 a.m to 12 p.m and he would just share his experiences and i forgot everything i learned in college except this one lesson <laughs> he said the key to any relationship is communication and you just yes. said it you know because if there's no communication then no business no personal relationship no marriage no, no spiritual companionship nothing can survive You got yes. to have open communication. And so we're going to segue into our tadantra. Nice. <laughs> You've mentioned so these are top 3 tantric toolkits. Yes. That people should um practice. So uh number 1 would be indulge with awareness. Whatever you do, do it with awareness. Okay? So whether that be eating, eating, <laughs> taking shower, walking, drinking, uh you know drinking anything uh i was thinking of caramel latte right now <laughs> but yeah drinking anything boba boba tea you, you you're reading my I mind i really like boba tea it's your favorite <laughs> <laughs> you're reading my mind so yeah indulge with awareness number 2 relate with your partner in a new way every day uh drop the word relationship for a few days for an hour and just you know talk to the, your partner how do i relate to you in this moment bring relating and drop the relationship okay number 3 i would say uh, bring freedom and meditation together mm-hmm. yeah cultivate the freedom and cultivate the meditation which i think is so important to know in a sense that especially esther also mentions about when people suffer through traumas and anxiety or stress and yeah. worry and all those things like one of the um narratives that you mentioned of the girls and it's like ultimately cultivating that blockage and so it's important for people and partners like you you to understand yourself as well as your partner to understand and kind of go through those methods 
to relate to each other, to indulge with awareness, to drop the label and be free, and not Absolutely. having those other past future narratives. Yeah, it's a big one, I think. Also, have self esteem for yourself. Like, have a self worthiness. Definitely meditate on it every day, and at the same time, have trust. Trust the process of your life. That's not going to unfold the way it unfolded in the past. Mm -hmm. A new trust has to happen. Mm, developing that. Yeah. Yes, that's beautiful. So yeah. we like to always do another little section called Teddy's Talk, which is our fans who um, then it's... go through our, some of our polls. And the first one was, I'm most drawn to my partner when... So they had to finish the sentence. Most people said, when they make me laugh. Actually... That was the only answer was when they made me laugh. And there was a few people that had said the exact same words. Um, and that just proves, you know, how humor it's is so important. important. Don't take life, relationships, everything yeah. too seriously. Have fun. Obviously, don't step on number two. But have just, just enjoy just yourself. So. Don't take yourself so seriously. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, Esther, she mentioned all these different things that she had found, which was, right. I'm most drawn to my partner when she's away, apart, reunited, um, or imagining to be back with mm. my partner. So it's rooted in absence and longing. And then in another sense of when she's in the studio or um, in her most passionate self, right, doing the things that she loves and basically being very radiant and confident mm. Mm. and somewhat keeping a little bit of mystery, elusiveness, and also... But also is very like you can see her like she's comforting or recognizable, and I'm right. saying she, but it also speaks to he, right. um, or or most drawn to the partner when they're surprised, laugh together. Mm -hmm. So that's obviously a, a very important factor, um, and whatever like things you can pull out of each other. The other question was um, for those who are in long term relationships, how do you keep things spicy? <laughs> The answer... Yeah, I would love to know what, what people said. Humor is so important. It is, <laughs> right? I think it's so underrated. Like, people are focusing on so many other things, but humor, it's so underrated. It's it's so important. Yeah, and so I think, you know, ultimately, because we're coming to the end where we're going to give our audiences some tangible tools, some mm -hmm. tools that they can take away in order to practice with their partner, something that's easy and digestible. And, you know, we've already talked about meditation. And, and I think that in itself as well, it's like if you are going to be doing it, whether it's on your own or with a partner, have fun with it. Find the humor within Absolutely. given circumstances as well. What yeah. would be for you a an advice to anybody listening as to how they can still create that desire within a long-term relationship i feel a uh, set intention in your relationships maybe once a week when you meditate together or every day when you meditate together revisit your intentions together what's our conscious intention with this relationship have respect for each other. Uh, I often say this, that your partner is not your coloring book. Don't color her with your favorite colors. Let her bloom on her own. Mm -hmm. She's not here to fulfill your ego or, or your expectations. So release her or him from your expectations. That's beautiful. I love yeah. that. Yeah, that, right? somebody actually mentioned this to me as well. Fulfill your life with colors. Just paint it with a bunch of colors. And yeah. that's how you can just live. Um, I would say... To ultimately, I think as well, 
from the get-go, find out what your love language is. Starting off with yourself, what is your love language? And then find out what your partner's love language is. Not ultimately saying that once you know what your partner's love language is, that you have to feel the pressure of this is what you got to do. But it's really like listening, being in tune with it constantly the consistency of communication Mm -hmm. to to you know also showcase the respect that you have for that person again Mm -hmm. with relating to them as well Mm -hmm. um and knowing giving them the comfort of knowing that they won't be judged for whatever they do or say um i know that can be hard when we are amidst of like getting mad at each other or be feeling insecure for some reason But I think, you know, it's just very important to feel comfortable and know that we're both individuals. Mm -hmm. Everybody is an individual and has their own interests and needs. But, you know, you work together, you come together by really listening and communicating with the utmost consistency and transparency. Right. Yeah. I mean, we are humans. We are going to be angry. We are going to be frustrated. We are going to go through our insecurities and, and all the fluctuations. And that's okay. But we can always remind ourselves to you know, be in the present moment again, have the same respect again, have the open air again, the new, uh, a new communication again, uh, revisiting the, again the collective intentions. So I think the reminders are important. And, that, and I think that's just a common thing that you have to do. Like you have Absolutely. to keep on reminding yourself on whatever you do, right? <laughs> like, yeah. And then it becomes a habit. You know, after you consistently do this, it becomes a part of the culture in, in your heart that this is what I have to do. This is just who we are now. Mm-hmm. So after a few weeks or a few months, it just becomes part of your being. And even if the relationship ends after after a while, it it ends in a very mindful way. It, it continues in a very interesting way. It, it's not ugly. It's not, it doesn't have any grudge. That's anymore. why daily life is like a daily practice. You've got a new beginning Absolutely. every day. You rise to Absolutely. practice and hone mm-hmm. and earn everything that you want. Yes. So with that, we're finishing off. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was such a pleasure having you. Where can everybody find you on social media? Everybody can find me on Instagram at CB Meditates and listen to my podcast. It's called Break the Norms. It's on Apple, Spotify, and all the you know places where podcasts are streamed now. But yeah, these... amazing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. And you can find me at Yasmin Tanres. And we'll be back next week. Jesse will be back as well. Yay! And we'll be breaking down another TED Talk. So stay tuned for next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 